amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Ladies and gentlemen, in this corner, from the University of Colorado, 30 years in the ring, fighting for truth, justice, and the American way, The American way is the natural high, right? So much better. And that's what we have right now. If you're into politics at all, if you care about this country at all, it is a natural high. Stakes couldn't be higher. And uh, it's real. It's on. I mean, Labor Day just a few days away. We all know Election Day now is in early October rather than November. So let's get to it. Dick Wadham's kind enough to stay another segment. Quick recap, because uh, Dick's been on with us for a bit now. You can pick it off the podcast um, put a smile on your face with this one. Major meltdown by Jenna Griswold, who I think everybody fair-minded knows is a hyper-partisan political hack in the worst kind of office for somebody like that, which is Colorado Secretary of State running our elections. A national story now that she has come out and said that if Republicans win, quote, the country could lose the right to vote in less than three months. So we'll talk some more about that. And then Dick's giving his overview of the state of the races. In the last segment, Dick told us that, hey, shaping up very well, you know, at the statewide level in Colorado for our candidates, though always tough to beat an incumbent governor in Colorado. And then, Dick, as we went to break, you were starting to get into some congressional races. And for those about to turn the channel because you don't care about congressional races other than your own, if you even care about that one, please, right now, with, with, with control of Congress at stake, there are a couple of seats in particular in Colorado that could be of enormous importance. Plus, they're really interesting races. So, Richard, if you would, tee that up for us. Well, you bet, Dan. I mean, the the, the, the most obvious uh, race that um, uh, is very winnable for Republicans, and I think will be one, is the, eighth, the newly created 8th Congressional District, which includes, of course, Adams County, and then it goes up into Weld County and takes in the entire city of Greeley. And um, we really have an outstanding candidate there with Barb Kirkmeyer, uh, former Weld County Commissioner, former State yeah. Senate. I guess she is in the State Senate right now. And she just she she knows this district like the back of her hand. Um, she's a very strong. She fits the district uh, running against a very liberal member of the Colorado House, uh, Yadira uh, Caraveo, who um, really has been voting down the line with with Polis and the, and the Socialist Democrats in the, in the legislature. I really think we're going to win that. And then the 7th Congressional District, which, of course, looks different than it did before, is competitive because the incumbent, uh, Ed Perlmutter, decided not to run for re-election. He's always a strong incumbent, but he's not running. And the Democrats have non- nominated the, um, the founder of the concept of uh, safe, so-called safe injection site, oh, man. Uh, Brittany Pedersen. And, you know, it's interesting that she's really been downplaying that, uh, that proposal, <laughs> now that she's running for Congress. I mean, all of a sudden, well, that's not something I'm going to take uh, to Congress with me. I mean, like, mm. somehow she can yeah. escape that. 
Who's going to believe that? Yeah. Uh, Eric Odland, who who is running an aggressive campaign. It, the numbers are tougher. It is a leaning Democratic district, but uh, without an incumbent and with a the national over uh, over um, uh, influence of the of the national environment. It, it's possible. It's possible. Well, right, particularly if you can link her, as you should be able to, meaning the campaign should be able to, to this uh, explosion of fentanyl in Colorado. Yes. Because wasn't she yeah. a strong supporter of, of making possession of up to four grams of fentanyl an enormous amount a misdemeanor? And, and everybody yeah. can see what that's done to the state. She was a champion yeah. of that, if I remember right. She was, and, and and I just think that voters, when they find out more about the safe injection sites, everybody wants a safe injection yeah. site in their neighborhood. Oh, yeah, um, right, so, right. Uh, yeah. I, I'm sure Brittany so, Pedersen wants one right next door. I'm sure she does, yes. And so uh, I think that's a huge liability. The whole drug issue, I really do think, is a, is a huge liability for her. Well, yeah, and I do think, Dick, that there's so much noise out there right now. There's just so much going on in the world, so many different campaigns. I think if people just get it in their head, Brittany Pedersen, fentanyl, and referring, yeah. of course, to her policy of, of essentially inviting you know, fentanyl into Colorado, because if you're going to say, hey, it's just a misdemeanor up to four grams, you know what's coming, and what's coming are the cartels, what's coming is China, what's coming is Colorado becoming a fentanyl capital. So, right. yeah. And now, yeah. final question on that. Plus, as you mentioned, Eric Odland is a really appealing candidate if people can get to know about him. I mean, you look yeah. at his background, his special forces service, father, young kids, uh, successful in business. But is there going to be enough money pumped into that race for people to get to know Eric? Well, that's the question, Dan, because there will be a lot of money supporting Barb Kirkmeyer in the eighth. And the and these these national committees, uh, the National Republican Congressional Committee, and then other um, other committees that are are independent that support Republican candidates, they make very brutal decisions. Uh, once we get to this phase of the general election, they've got so much money in the bank, they've got to prioritize that money to uh, to candidates who are in a position to win. And so, what Eric has to do is proved that uh, he is within striking distance and that he's running a campaign worthy of support. Uh, that all will be come out, will, will be decided in the next few weeks. Um, and I think that um, uh, if the polling shows him uh, w- within striking distance, that the, the money will start coming to him. But right now, that's it, it's definitely coming for Barb in the 8th. Whether it comes for Eric in the, in the 7th depends on where the race stands. And, Dick, let's talk national right now, because, again, you know, the narrative in the media uh, is that, uh, hey, it's slipping away from the GOP. Uh, The media believes the Senate's already, you know, locked up by the Dems, and and even the House may may stay in Dem control. How do you see it nationally? Well, I'm I'm really amused by this notion the House is not going to go Republican. Um, It would defy history. Uh, and it, it just it just doesn't make um, and especially when you take into account the national political environment with Biden being say I mean he's kicked up he's now into the low 40s and and everybody's declaring him <laughs> his great comeback well low 40s is pretty pathetic um, and and also the the issues of crime the issues of inflation are not going away um, so I I just don't see Democrats having a shot at winning the House. I don't care what I read in the New York Times, which I love, but sometimes they get a little over exuberant with their own 
with their own uh, uh, democratic predilections. Um, I guess um, uh, I don't think it's going to be a big, huge wave of 40 seats. But it's going to be 20 seats, uh, maybe 15 seats. They will get a solid Republican majority, and and that's where we go there. Um, in the Senate, um, I know the Democrats are, are declaring victory, that they're going to retain control of the Senate. I don't think so. I am a little concerned about some of our candidates and the kind of campaigns they run. Uh, you talked about Pennsylvania. Uh, I'm a little concerned about uh, Blake Masters in Arizona, um, J.D. Vance in Ohio, I think will win uh, – uh, ultimately, but uh, but it's a little sh- some of these candidates are a little shaky, uh, Dan, which means that Colorado really raises in pr- in, um, in 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 um, uh, prominence because this could be one of the real um, uh, Republican takeover states and Did- could be the difference between winning or losing the Senate. Dick, and let me ask you, in the last minute we have today, and hopefully we can do an hour together in studio next week. um, You bet. By what point in time will we either see big national money in our Senate race in Colorado or not? Well, it should be coming pretty soon. I would would assume after Labor Day, which is, of course, this weekend, uh, I think that the, the money will start showing up. They will start buying ads. And um, and they will. Uh, that's all. Literally been promised uh, to some extent by the Republican leadership. They've got to follow through, and I think if they do, Joe O'Day will win. Mm. Yeah, and Dick, uh, last question: Trafalgar, the pollster, because as you know, we're seeing across the country now in some battleground states, including Colorado, Trafalgar polls coming out and uh, having the GOP candidates closer than other polls do. Trafalgar, as you know, 538 rates him A- minus one of the top pollsters in the country, uh-huh. if not the top. But you, Dick, I, I trust you. Do you trust the Trafalgar polls? I do, but I wouldn't get overly exuberant about one poll. I think mm-hmm. we need to see some other polls and see if this is a trend, um, if other polls are showing the same thing. I th- they're terribly credible. Uh, as you point out, and I, I do think it indicates this, these races are really tight. And um, listen, that's that's a good place to be. Mm. Dick, appreciate the time today. Look forward to an hour together next week and uh, on with the fight. Very good. Thank you, my All friend. Right, that is uh, Dick Wadhams, and he was with us for a couple of segments before you can pick that off the podcast. Uh, when we come back, uh, going to this issue of, of how lefty rule has hurt Colorado to the point where more Republicans are likely to win, a vivid example that ties directly into crime, how these lefty politicians have caused police response times, 911 response times, to become so long What's the fix? 855-405-8255 on the Dan Kaplan Show. The greatest happiness he ever found Was making Russian children glad The children lived in Leningrad And by the way, you know, I sit on the stand And it get hot, I got a lot of, I got hairy legs that turn that 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 turn uh, um, blonde in the sun, and the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down, so it was straight, and then watch the hair come back up again. They look at it. So I learned about roaches. I learned about kids jumping on my lap, and I've loved kids jumping on my lap. Omg, how is this guy president? Uh, 
And how does he have even 38% approval or whatever the latest poll is? What is it, Ryan? Well, Dan, I'm glad you asked because this is just breaking. <laughs> it's almost like we set this up uh, with one another. But, yeah. yes, this yeah, is no uh, Reuters-Ipsos, which is no conservative-leaning poll whatsoever. Over 1,000 adults polled, about 1,005, it says. And Biden's job approval rating as of today, through them, 38% positive. 58% disapprove. He is underwater by 20 points. And, and who are the 38%? You know, probably people he's bribed with other people's money, right? Well, well the boulderites that yeah. Dick Waddams yeah. was talking about, <laughs> right. for one. And uh, hey, a little t- tip on legal strategy, and I do catastrophic injury cases, not criminal defense, but just a little pro tip here. Uh, out in Arapo, I'm looking at this Kiernan Nicholson story in the Denver Post that just popped up. This is not a wise tactical move if you're defending a criminal case. Defendant attacked his victim during attempted murder trial in Arapahoe County. And uh, obviously, (laughs) this is not the defense lawyer's fault. This is the defendant's fault. But uh, it's a long story, and I'll boil it down to this. The victim, uh, who was testifying you know, had been badly injured in a motor vehicle crash. The driver was uh, on trial. The driver who allegedly had accelerated toward him and hit him. So while the victim's on the stand, I'll quote from the story, Alaya, who was free on bond, jumped up from behind the defense table and attacked the victim, repeatedly striking him in the face and body, according to the news release. Do you think the jurors saw that? I'm trying to paint this picture in my mind of what you just described, Dan. It sounds insane. Yeah, yeah, no. And um, shockingly, the defendant was convicted by um, a great Arapahoe County jury. Yes. So, wow. 855-405-8255, the number. Let's go to the phone line. So much to talk about. We'll start with Don and beautiful Thornton, Colorado, where they have a tremendous top golf right now. We go there often. You're on the Dan Kaplan Show. Welcome, Don. Yeah, Dan, I'm a Democrat, and I'm probably going to vote straight Republican. Wow. And, uh, yeah, and, well, especially after I heard what uh, Joe Biden just said, what, what you just had. <laughs> oh, old news, but stomach. never get tired that of it. my stomach. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, this past weekend, I was at the Colorado State Fair, and I went to the Republican booth, and asked about this Danielle that was running for governor. Uh, yes, we've been trying to get Danielle on. Yes, Jerinsky, yes. Yeah. And, uh, oh, did I say? Oh, I no. Asked. No, whoa, 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 whoa. Quick correction. Brain lock. Danielle Jerinsky, great. Danielle Neuschwanger, not so much. So please, okay, <laughs> don't make the mistake I did and mistake Danielle Jerinsky with Danielle Neuschwanger. Danielle Neuschwanger, for those uninitiated, and then Don will continue his call, was running for the GOP nomination for governor. We, we had some very direct conversations on the show. And uh, then the last time we talked to her, she had now flipped. When she didn't get on the GOP ballot, she was now running for governor uh, on somewhat Constitution Party thing, Ryan. And so I was asking her, hey, is this just spite? Are you now just trying to defeat the GOP candidate? because you couldn't get on the ballot. And she assured us, no, that if the polling showed she wasn't going to win the governor's race, she'd consider getting out of the race. So anyway, that's the backdrop. Go ahead, Don. 
that's what I was asking. I was asking uh, the people in the Republican booth that isn't there a concern about her splitting the vote to where, you know, uh, 90% uh, Republican vote for Heidi Knault, whereas that 10% that's sorely needed to defeat Polis uh, could go to uh, Danielle. And uh, they didn't seem to be concerned that much. In fact, one started kind of singing the praises of Danielle, and I thought, how strange. And I was that Danielle Democrat because I know she was down there. Yeah, she was down there, but no, this was that was not Danielle. Yeah, yeah, because um, because it seems to me, if if as we all hope, Heidi wins, it's going to be by a hair. It's going to be by an inch, not a mile, just because of Polis's advantages and money and everything else. And and so you will need every vote. And that's why I was saying to Danielle, you know, why are you doing this? Why are you helping Polis? So, Don, no, appreciate the report on that, my friend. Now, can I ask you the question everybody listening is asking themselves? Is Don really a guy who normally votes Democrat? Uh, I did not. I voted for Obama twice. Okay. The second time, I was ashamed that I did. <laughs> okay. uh, the following uh, okay. presidential was, was um, Hillary and Trump. Yeah. And uh, at that time, I could not, in good conscience, vote for Hillary. So okay. I did not vote for Hillary, but okay. I did okay. not vote for yeah. Trump either. Just curious, uh, but then, appreciate the call. Not trying to cross-examine. Yeah. Grateful for the call. Please call us again, my friend. Yeah. I want to ask Ryan something quickly on this Danielle front. Yeah. Thank you, Don. Uh, Ryan, has, has Danielle gotten back to us? Because we wanted to talk to her because somebody has posted on the Internet a picture that allegedly shows her very chummy with Polis down at the State Fair, both in cowboy hats, doing a buddy-buddy kind of photo. Now, I can't verify the photo independently, so we wanted to get Danielle on and and, and get an update as to whether she's going to drop out of the race, as she suggested on our show before she might do. So are we hearing back from her? She has not texted me back. I did invite her on on your behalf. She has come on before. Oh, yes. I haven't heard. There is the picture of her with Polis. There's also a picture that's almost more concerning of her with Ike McCorkle, who is the Democratic opponent of Ken Buck in the 4th Congressional District. Mm. That one's kind of hard to explain, too. Personally, I'd be more concerned about the picture of her with Polis because she's running for governor. And if implicitly she's endorsing Jared Polis, uh, that would be very odd. And I'd love to have that conversation with her. Danielle Neuschwanger, if you're listening, please return a call. We want to get you on air. When we come back, something very compelling from a college football coach. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Back in the USSR. 
Who is this guy? And is he being funded by Democrats? Well, I, I don't know. I, yeah, I'm not too worried about it. I've got, I've got my message. We're running one strong campaign here. People are paying attention to us. I've built a hell of a coalition. Uh, we've got good Trump supporters. We've got good GOP supporters. We've got uh, Colorado's 45% unaffiliated. We've got those guys coming on board. And I've even got some Democrats that have donated to my, my campaign because they, they know that I can move this state forward. We're excited about the run. Um, I, I don't really have any idea who the guy is. So we'll just keep focused on Michael Bennett. That's who we're going to beat. Uh, we believe we can uh, take back this Senate seat here uh, in November. Mm. That is uh, Joe Day with Sean Hannity talking about the libertarian candidate, Brian. How do you pronounce it? P-E-O. Piotr, I think. Piotr. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, and, and that ties into what we were talking about before the break with, with our caller, uh, Don from Thornton, which is, Danielle Neuschwanger, who had been running as a GOP candidate for governor, lost in the primary switch parties and is now running on some other ticket. And uh, Danielle pictured at the state fair, very chummy with Jared Polis posing together, etc. cetera, uh, which it seems to me the only reason and way Polis does that is if, A, he doesn't know who he's posing with, that would surprise me, or B, he thinks she is helpful to his campaign. So we're trying to get Dan- Danielle Neuschwanger back on to talk to her about uh, what is going on there. But yeah, this libertarian candidate, because wasn't there some polling, Ryan, the other day that suggested that uh, libertarian candidates across the country are doing better in polling right now than they normally do in the concern that could hurt uh, GOP candidates in yeah. close races. I, I don't know that it's that abnormal, though. That's a question for when Dick next comes on the program. I think there are people that, you know, in a, in a world where a libertarian candidate had a chance of winning, they might vote for a libertarian candidate. They might even have personal politics that lean libertarian in that way. Ross Kaminsky of, six, of uh, 850KOA comes to mind. But Ross is going to vote for Joe O'Day, and he's going to do so enthusiastically. Because, again, I think there are going to be people that know this race is close. This Trafalgar poll shows it. And if you're meddling around with a third-party candidate, you're tipping the scales in favor of the, uh, the favorite, the incumbent, Michael Bennett. And if you're truly anti-Bennett, Joe O'Day is the preferable alternative. Right. So I think right. a lot of those libertarian-polled uh, voters, Dan, they will go, I think, break heavily for Joe O'Day by the end of this, by the yeah, election. It, it, it's going to be interesting to see because historically you do see these libertarian candidates peel off some votes. Now, I think Joe O'Day is going to win by such a wide margin that it's not going to matter. But but it is something to keep an eye on in closer races. 855-405-8255. And hey, we'll find out day after election day, right? <laughs> Which of us is right on that? Uh, now, we had folks, uh, texters yesterday, who were very angered by the Sean Hannity interview with Joe O'Day. And we've been playing some of the sound from it. And and there was nothing in the interview for anybody to get angry about, right? I went through the whole thing, Dan. I listened to it uh, front to cover. And it's about 15 minutes that uh, Sean gave Joe O'Day on national radio that can only help him. And I, I think tremendously in terms of building a profile and the fact that national media... National Republicans, Mitch McConnell, uh, they're giving this race credence now. Uh, I believe that this is going to help Joe tremendously. But no, in the context of the interview, I mean, Sean stuck to kind of the the blue-collar roots, the working-class vibe, the the fact that he related to Joe Day on that level. They both started off as dishwashers. I think uh, there was a lot of kind of uh, relatable aspects of the interview from Sean to Joe and from Joe 
to Sean, but I think what a lot of our listeners were concerned about is that the, the topic, the issue of abortion that sets Joe apart from so many GOP candidates for Senate and House across the country, really, at this point, was not brought up. Yeah, no, I, I think that's what the people who were texting us were angry about, that Sean didn't bring that up. And I, I think clearly the reason Sean didn't bring it up is he's trying to help Joe O'Day win. And he realized that bringing up the fact that Joe is, is pro-abortion and wants to codify Roe uh, would work against that. So I think that's why Sean did not bring it up. And, uh, you know, which, again, disappoints me with Sean. And I like him and I'm a fan. But, but my attitude toward all of this is people deserve the truth. Everybody tell the friggin' truth and, and let the chips fall where they may. But voters should not be kept in the dark. So I don't get Sean O'Day keeping his listeners in the dark on that because he wants Joe to win. You know, I, I just don't think that's right. Give people all the information, have the conversation, and then let the voters decide fully informed. 855-405-8255, the number. As we go to Gary and Centennial, again, listen, I, I think for reasons we've discussed before, and I'm sure we will again, <laughs> Joe O'Day is going to win by a very wide margin. But just so it's on the record, it will be, and it won't matter, but it will be without my vote. Because as much as I like him in so many ways, and there's so much to like, I simply can't vote for legalized abortion. I cannot vote to codify Roe. And and that is what Joe stands for. I can't go there. But uh, but I think that he's going to win by a bunch. I I think that he's taking an unnecessary risk uh, by by taking this position that is just wrong as a matter of science, as, as a matter of of basic morality, as a matter of right and wrong. He's just taking the wrong position on the foundational issue. But if you want to look at it from the political aspect alone. I, I think he's taking an unnecessary risk because it's the only way he could lose this race. He brings so much to the table in other ways. Bennett is so weak. Uh, Bennett, you know, has almost been beaten before. Uh, the climate is so bad for Bennett that, that it's this risk of being a pro-abortion, pro-codify Roe Republican that, that creates this uncertainty. Because w what if you have a very large segment of the GOP voters bail on him. Can he make it up somewhere else? Now, in the end, I, I think he's going to win by a very comfortable margin, but he's taking an unnecessary risk and more importantly, taking the absolutely wrong position on, on such a major life and death issue. Let's go to Gary and Centennial. You're on the Dan Kaplan show. Welcome, Gary. Stephen Monahan uh, is uh, running on the Republican ticket to unseat the current sitting Democrat for a con Congressional District 6, and that's Jason Crow. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's, here's the weird thing, uh, Dan, my friend. Um, so Stephen Monahan is a very, uh, very, very interesting and very, very, I think, uh, very electable uh, young candidate. He is a naval aviator. He was in the Navy for a number of years, flew off of uh, off of ships, uh, flew off of aircraft carriers. Well, he's just been called up to duty. Uh, he's in he's in the military reserve, and he was just gosh, what timing! Just called up to duty uh, to serve uh, for yeah. a few weeks before the election. So. Yeah. You know, as you know, and as your friend Dick would, would point out, these weeks right before the election are crucial for candidates to 
uh, try to, you know, yeah. generate uh, funds to, to go out and campaign and to be visible. Well, guess what? He's no longer visible. He's now uh, somewhere maybe yeah. in the Pacific. Yeah. I don't know where he's at, but he's been called up. So it, Jason Crow, yeah. Jason Crow is is on the Armed Services Committee. Guys, go figure. And guess what the subcommittee he chairs is? It's readiness. Hey, Gary, are, are you right saying in. that Jason Crow? Are you saying that Jason Crow arranged to have his opponent deployed? I think somebody ought to look into that. Okay. I'm not sure that this fits uh, common protocol and uh, common, you know, the, the customary way that things are yeah. done. If there is somebody in the military who's running for office, yeah. if yeah. they need to be, if there is a call up and their number yeah. comes up, got it. Typically, got I would say that that's put off a bit. And, and I'm so sorry to interrupt, but we got that point, my good friend. Let me tell you that uh, I'm very impressed with Steve. I've talked about him on air before. I've met him in person. We've had him on air. He's scheduled to come back on air, I think, September 7th after he gets back from this deployment. Gary, appreciate the call. And Steve Monahan is very, very impressive. Most people don't view that race as, as being as competitive as some others we've talked about. But you know what? In this climate, with, with a candidate as attractive as Steve Monahan, you know, anything's possible. 855-405-8255, the number. When we come back, sound from the Notre Dame football coach. We're not a sports show, but this isn't about sports. I think you'll find very compelling that at 551 on the Dan Kaplan Show. I remember as a recruit seeing the players walk out of the Basilica from Mass to uh, the stadium. And I thought it was something that was always done until I got here last year and I realized it wasn't. And so it was something when I became the head coach I didn't want to change back to. And my reason is because I I think back to being a player and you're so vulnerable um, those three, four hours before a game. Like Mm -hmm. you think about when you have a meeting and your coach gives you a a pregame speech. This is hours before a game. Like you're you're on your the edge of your seat just hanging on to every word that he says and to me like what better time to to go and have mass what better time to be able to really be on the edge of your seat to get get together every word that comes out of the the priest's his mouth and, and to be as close as to god as you can mm, that's marcus freeman new notre dame head coach uh, cut eight please if you're any type of competitor, when the foot hits the ball, you know, you're going to be ready to roll. I don't need to be – I don't want them to be ready three hours before the game. Mm. I want them ready at game time. And that's going to be part of the message is, like, let's be calm today before the storm. Like, when the foot hits the ball, we're surrounded by competitors. If you can't flip the switch and you can't get ready, then this isn't probably isn't the place or the game for you, you know. And so – I don't care if you – whenever somebody puts a ball down and says, let's compete, our guys are going to compete. And so mm. uh, that's a, a big reason why I decided to do that. Wow. So what do you think about that? 855-405-8255, the number. This idea of mass just before a big game. 855-405-8255, the number. I can say not a topic we've talked about a lot right. over the last 20 or 30 years yeah. on air, but what do you think of that, Ryan? Well – I happen to know Brian Kelly personally from his days going way back to Grand Valley State University in mm-hmm. Western Michigan and then Central Michigan University where I was. 
at the time, and it was his decision as head coach at Notre Dame to move the mask to the night before. And I think he wanted them to focus on football the day of the game. And this is something directly refuted there by Marcus Freeman. This is a guy who played football defensive back for Ohio State. He knows the drill. He was drafted in the NFL. But he felt there was a place to have mass day of the game, make that morning walk. If you've ever been on Notre Dame's campus, I believe you have, Dan. It's a majestic place. And they go by a sign that says, God, country, Notre Dame. And it's in that order. And for them, I think, as players to have this built in, I don't think it should ever have been taken away in the first place. It's one of the foundational elements of Notre Dame as a private Catholic school is the Catholic faith and to have this mass. And the Basilica, I have been, and the Basilica itself is so awe-inspiring. So to me, it's, first of all, uh, absolutely right, and it's absolutely brilliant. I mean, if you just want to talk about it from a football standpoint, it's absolutely brilliant because... What what you do then is you get first, you get everybody together in the same place and you get everybody focused. And listen, we all know we're all human. Uh, Most of those guys are going to be multitasking in there. They're going to be thinking about football while they're also at mass and listening to the priest, etc. I I can remember sitting up at uh, church in Boulder before a big buff game, maybe a week before a big buff game. And I won't use names, but a very prominent head coach was in the pew in front of me, and I could see him scratching out plays you know, in the pew. <laughs> wow. But, but he was there, and he was at church, and he was an absolutely uh, great human and a great Christian. But, uh, but the point here being, Ryan, think about it from, I mean, first of all, as we used to tell our little leaguers, eternity is a long time. And, and so you think about it from a right and wrong standpoint. Yeah, that, that's where he should be. But tactically, from a football standpoint, it's, it's also brilliant in addition to the togetherness because what does it do? It, it, it calms people so they're not unnecessarily burning energy, but, but it also puts it in perspective. It puts it in perspective. Yeah, it's a big game and the stadium's right down the road and there'll be millions of people watching. But it puts it in perspective against eternity. And you know this because you are a great sports uh, talk show host as well. Almost every pro in every sport will tell you uh, that, that, hey, the difference isn't physical ability or anything else. The difference is between the ears. And it's the ability to stop thinking about the consequences and, and just think about playing the game. So if you can put things in perspective, yeah, it's a big game and everything else, but in perspective, it's not eternity. Yeah. You know, that will free guys up. So I think it's brilliant. And final point, Dan, when did Notre Dame in recent history have their most success? It was under head coach Lou Holtz in the 80s and early 90s. And he is a man of faith. He is a Christian. He's a conservative. He valued these tenets that Notre Dame has, again, foundational at their school, and he built it into the program. And I think this is an advantage that Notre Dame should take full uh, advantage of in terms of you know having that be one of the pillars of their football program, and that is returning now to South Bend. And I loved seeing Bill McCartney beat Lou Holtz. For, for a national championship for CU, I just I had the privilege yeah. of being at that game. You know, cheap seats, but I was at that game, and, and it was it was so great to see. Now, the year before wasn't so great, but but great to see Bill McCartney win that one. Hey, uh, since we are on this this particular genre right now, my friend, uh, one of my favorite things in America right now, the uh, Tips for Jesus campaign 
And uh, the latest is a guy dropping a $3,000 tip on a waitress for a $13 meal. This one happened in Pennsylvania. And this campaign, if folks aren't familiar with it, is where somebody does something like that. It's usually 3000 5000 It can be 10000 in terms of the tip. And then they just write tips for Jesus and then some nice message on the check. And they leave anonymously. They don't hang around to, you know, have everybody shake their hand or give them a kiss or whatever. So... Tips for Jesus. Yeah, yeah, cool stuff. So anyway, Ryan, tremendous job, as always, my friend. And uh, thank you to Kelly for her great work on the phones. Dick Wadhams, a few great segments with Dick and so much reason to be optimistic in Colorado. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about 40% of people in a major poll say a civil war in the United States in the next 10 years. Do you believe that? How did we get to this point? How do we stop that from happening You're on the Dan Kaplan Show. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com.